Well, good morning. It's great to uh, be here with you today. I was telling Marcia, uh, I love this church. You guys are the best. Your worship is awesome. And um, we love the people who work here that we know well, that we have an opportunity to work with in the neighborhood. Some of you I know from a long time ago, but we don't need to get into that. But uh, it's just really feels great to be here this morning. So thank you for the opportunity to share God's word with you. We are at F Street Neighborhood Church. We are going through a series on the prophet Elijah and uh, learning some great lessons about faith, trusting God, and uh, I'm going to share one of those with you today. My son Mark, who uh, on occasion navigates the base up on the praise team, you know, I don't know. I think he thinks that like recycled sermons are somehow inferior, uh, but... uh, you know, what does he know? He's a musician. Um, <laughs> oh, I'm going to get it. But um, I will say this. Uh, this lesson, that this series with Elijah has just been really, it's been working on my heart, been stirring my faith. And one thing I know about preaching is that if it doesn't stir the preacher's heart, it's probably not going to stir anybody else's heart either. So I'd like for you at least to hear what I've been thinking about since I was with you last. Our scripture reading this morning is, first, is from 1 Kings chapter 17, verses 8 through 16. If you look in your pew Bible, you'll find that on page 299. Of course, you can find it on your Bible app as well. I'm going to be reading this morning from the English Standard Version, and I'd like to invite us all to stand together in reverence for God's Word. Hear the word of the Lord. Then the word of the Lord came to him. Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow there to feed you. So he arose and went to Zarephath, and when he came to the gate of the city, behold, a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, Bring me a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And as she was going to bring it, he called to her and said, Bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. And she said, As the Lord your God lives... I have nothing baked, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little oil in a jug. And now I am gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son, that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said to her, Do not fear. Go and do as you have said, but first make me a little cake of it, And bring it to me, and afterward make something for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, The jar of flour shall not be spent, and the jug of oil shall not be empty, until the day that the Lord sends rain upon the earth. And she went and did as Elijah said. And she and he and her household ate for many days. The jar of flour was not spent. 
neither did the jug of oil become empty according to the word of the Lord that he spoke by Elijah. Let us pray. Oh, Father, we thank you for your word. Help us as we have been listening to hear your voice. Incline our hearts toward you. May we receive from your hand today that which you desire for us to receive. May it find application in our lives, through this church, in our neighborhood, to the ends of the earth. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. This morning we're going to begin in a place called Cherith. A few verses earlier in the opening of chapter 17 of the book of First Kings, we find Elijah on a campout, so to speak. He is on the shore of a brook known as Cherith. Cherith was located near the Jordan River. He found himself there because in obedience to the Lord's command, the prophet Elijah had hidden there, and for good reason, he was on the run from wicked King Ahab and Queen Jezebel, whose wickedness was not only legendary then, but it is still remembered to this day. It is at Cherith, along this brook, that Elijah the prophet learned the lesson that he could trust in God to provide for his needs. It tells us in those first several verses that twice a day the ravens would bring him bread and meat to eat. It also records that he drank from the stream there, the brook known as Cherith. Well, that is until the brook ran dry. Due to a lack of rainfall in that particular part of the world that had been actually predicted by the prophet Elijah, in accordance with the word of the Lord. That is where we begin today at Cherith, a place of trusting, where the prophet learned important lessons of faith that I think are timeless and therefore for us today. Note these three things. First of all, what Elijah observed, what he experienced is that God knew his location. We're told in verse 8 of 1 Kings 17, then the word of the Lord came to him where he was, not only geographically, but where he was in terms of his faith experience with God. God knew his location. Not only that, but God knew his destination as well. For he tells him in verse 9, Arise, and go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. God knew his location, where he was in the present moment. God knew his destination, 
where he was going to lead him in the days ahead. And then the third lesson of faith, God had made preparation for his servant and what it was that he wanted his servant to do. 1 Kings 17, chapter 9, Behold, God says, I have commanded a widow there to feed you. I want to suggest to us today, brothers and sisters, that in the very same way, God knows our location in this moment. He knows our destination as the people of God. In fact, He has been at work making preparation for us. As my good friend Raleigh Hutton likes to say, God is always at work upstream. And it is awareness of these truths that allow us to find our rest, not in our circumstances, but in the God who is Lord of all. Even when life seems out of control, it's a wonderful thing to know that God has not lost track of us. That he has not forgotten about us. That the word of God is true. That the God of Israel neither slumbers nor sleeps. And therefore we can trust in him today. Just as Elijah the prophet did long ago. That's where we begin today in Cherith. A place where Elijah learned lessons about trusting God. But in our text, he goes to another place, a place known as Zarephath, which we could say was a place of testing, as we'll see. You see, the occasion of the dried-up brook known as Cherith, that was only the beginning of the challenges that this man of God would face. Next up, Elijah is commanded to make a long journey, mind you, probably on foot, from the relative safety of this place of of hiding Cherith to a village called Zarephath, where the idol worship of Baal reigned supreme. You see, this was the home turf of that wicked queen named Jezebel. And it is here at Zarephath that Elijah's trust in God would be put to the test. What do we know about this place? Well, Zarephath translates a word that in its verb form speaks of melting as in heated up and melted down. And as a noun means crucible. This would be quite literally Elijah entering into the crucible, a place of testing. Beginning of verse 10, we read, So he arose and he went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city... Behold, a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, 
bring me a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And as she was going to bring it, he called to her and said, bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. So in Zarephath, Elijah meets God's provision, a widow. And so he boldly makes a request of her when he encounters her. Now remember that he has traveled over a hundred miles on foot through hostile territory. He's a wanted man as far as Ahab and Jezebel are concerned. We can hardly blame him if he may have felt a little bit let down when he heard the widow reply in this way. As the Lord your God lives, I have nothing baked. Only a handful of flour in a jar and a little oil in a jug. And now I'm gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. I tried to think about like a contemporary picture of what this might look like for for us today, particularly you as a church today. I was thinking about uh, Grace Chapel being personified by Elijah the prophet. I thought about this neighborhood, maybe specifically some of the folks who may wander in during uh, the visiting hours in the afternoon when the church is open and people can come and express needs and receive help and encouragement and prayer and comfort. And I thought, this is a little bit like Elijah sees the widow. The church looks at those who come in. And honestly, I know I, I struggle with this at F Street thinking, you know, I wonder what they want. I wonder if I'm going to be able to provide what they need. But did you notice how the tables are completely turned here in this picture? It's Elijah who's in need. I want to submit to you this morning that it might just be Grace Chapel that is in need. And it is this neighborhood that is going to provide for that need. Think about that. That the answer to our prayer on a regular basis comes walking in the door. I mean, talk about a convenient way to go into all the world. When the world walks right in, I don't know, think about it. I want us to notice how he responded to the widow's hopeless situation. Think about it in terms of how we as a church can respond to the hopelessness that is in our world today. In the face of her impoverished circumstances, he invites her to trust the God of Israel. He had experienced his own care. He is, he had experienced his own provision at a place known as Cherith. And now he wants her to know what he had come to know in terms of faith in God. Verse 13. And Elijah said to her, Do not fear. Go and do as you have said. But first, make me a little cake of it. And bring it to me, and afterward make something for yourself and your son. 
For thus says the God of Israel, the jar of flour shall not be spent and the jug of oil shall not be empty until the day that the Lord sends rain upon the earth. And amazingly, that is exactly what the widow did. Now, I know some may protest, well, what other choice did she have? I mean, it was either this or die. But surely we've lived long enough to know that oftentimes when people are faced with this or death, that oftentimes because of fear, because of brokenness, people choose death. We choose death. So let's not ever minimize the faith that was required for this woman to do as she had done. Verse 15, and she went and did as Elijah said. And she and he and her household ate for many days. The jar of flour was not spent. Neither did the jug of oil become empty according to the word of the Lord that he spoke by Elijah. So there's the Bible story today. What are some of the lessons that we can take home today from God's word? Well, I counted at least three. Here's the first one. There are times in life when we will learn to trust that God will provide. As Elijah did at the Cherith Brook. Can I, just, can I just tell you that you, I don't know how it is for you, but I know for me, I never get too old or too far, far along in my faith that I don't need to be reminded that God will provide. Just recently, we had a group from Grace Chapel over to the house to do some work, and uh, Marcia was wanting to make some cookies for the group. And let me tell you, Marsha bakes cookies. I know some people try. She actually gets the job done. (laughs) Only this time, she said they weren't quite right. And they weren't. And she tried, you know, turning up the temperature. And I mean, it was obvious that the stove was on its last legs. It was all but done. So we thought, well, looks like we're going to be buying a new stove at at our house. That's on a Saturday. The next morning at church, at F Street Church, it was Pastor Appreciation Day. And the church handed us an envelope of money. And when we counted up, I kid you not, almost to the penny, it was exactly the cost of a brand new stove. And Marcia said, you see, Bill, he does care about little stuff like that. (laughs) Indeed, he does. There are times in life when we need to learn to trust God's provision. There are also times, here's the second lesson, when we will have that trust put to the test as he did at Zarephath when he met the widow. You know, it's one thing for us to trust. It's another thing to help others trust. And oftentimes, in helping others to trust, it involves a test for us as well. Here's the third lesson. In all these things, in the trusting and the times of testing, in all these experiences, God has a goal in mind 
as he works in the various seasons of our lives. The Apostle Paul put it this way in Philippians 1 verse 6. And I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. I have to admit that when I read that verse, when I think about this verse, when I think about the work that he began in you, I, I have a tendency to personalize this promise. I suspect that many of us do. I think about God who began the good work in Bill Thornton. And I think that's okay. I think that's even appropriate. But I would just remind us, if you look at the text in the book of Philippians, he didn't write it to individuals. He wrote it to a collection of individuals, a local church, a body of believers like Grace Chapel. I guess what I'm suggesting today is that while it is true that God works and will continue to work out what he has worked in our lives individually as believers, that's not the primary point that he's making here. No, what Paul is saying is that God will do his work through the church. And that's a great word for not just individuals, but a collective group of a body of believers like us today. As believers, may we always rejoice in the finished work of Christ on the cross, which has been secured, which has secured for us individually and collectively both the forgiveness of our sins and hope for the future. And may we also rejoice as he continues to mold us and shape our faith even as he did with that prophet long ago in Zarephath, where Elijah's trust in God was put to the test. Like Elijah long ago, may we find this God to be a God who is always true to his word, who is always faithful to provide for our needs. Brothers and sisters, may we always remember God knows your location. God knows your destination. God has been and he is continuing to make preparation in our lives. Brothers and sisters, we can trust in him even when the times of testing come. Let us pray. Oh Lord, we thank you for this powerful lesson from the life of Elijah of how he not only knew that he could trust you in the safety and security of a place like Cherith where his his very food and drink were brought to him, hand-delivered to him, but that he could also trust you when his faith was tested in a place characterized by the results of a a horrible drought that had come across the land that was personified in this hopeless-looking 
individual, a widow who thought herself and her family to be on death's door, that it was there in those circumstances that would try even the greatest of saints that he found out that the God of Israel, the one we confess as Lord, is more than able and that he will accomplish what his will has set out to perform. So Lord, thank you for the opportunity to help you out as you are going about your work in this world, in our lives this week. May we, like Elijah long ago, keep our eyes fixed on you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.